Merry Christmas, core leaders. Kurt Frankham here. Uh, I've got uh, I've got my uh, this great playlist going on in the background here. Let's see on Spotify. It is called oh, it is called Christmas Instrumental, and uh, it's been a great uh, playlist to uh, to work along with as uh, during this Christmas season. I love Christmas music, and uh, but I also can't work when the music I listen to has like lyrics. It's just my brain, my ADD, everything together does not allow that. So this has been a great playlist that I recommend to anybody looking to add a little bit Christmas cheer to your workday. So you probably got earlier today um, an episode of the Jessica Johnson, um, the Jessica Johnson uh, presentation at the leadership uh, conference. And I'm going to hopefully release, um, release one of those every day on the core cast. So you can listen to them. And to be honest, I listen to that after, uh, since I'm subscribed to the core cast as well. And it was uh, great because that I felt like I was listening to it the first time. I remember certain quotes and thoughts, but, um, it was fun to listen to it because uh, I hadn't really, my brain was elsewhere during the event. So, um, <clears throat> so tomorrow I'm releasing the um, Steve Willis one, and then the next day will be my presentation. But you can get all these. You can listen to them, watch the videos. Um, if you go to the homepage of Leading Saints and click on, click the button, um, or it's uh, I've shared it in the newsletter. So. Um, but for now, uh, I am, uh, getting ready. I've got my, the newsletter all set up tomorrow. Um, I'm actually pushing this out in sort of a different way. So if you don't get a newsletter tomorrow, let me know, because then I know there's a problem, but you should get it. Uh, so as I do, um, I'm going to read my message to you, and that allows me to proofread it as I go, That even though it's already been proofread by uh, Steve Asfit, which who is awesome. Um, but sometimes mainly just making sure I have my thoughts um, thoughts aligned uh, before I share it. And it's actually a longer one, and I'm going to push it out as an article in the coming weeks. But if you're subscribed to the newsletter, you get the content early than the general audience. So... So it's called Eight Permissions for Latter-day Saints that Will Enhance Your Leadership. Now, I, this was actually from a an episode I did on the Corecast a while ago, so maybe you already heard this, but um, and I've I've adjusted a little bit. Um, but if you have heard it, be a good review. If you haven't, I think you'll benefit from it. Um, so here it is: Leaders in the church love the handbook, and they should love the handbook. It's the place we find guidance and clarity on items that relate to policy and how we are supposed to carry out our leadership role. Over the last eight years of producing content for Leading Saints, we've tried to share out-of-the-box approaches to leadership with the intent to solve the most difficult leadership problems in the Latter-day Saint context. When unique ideas are shared, some leaders respond with, Can I do that? Or, Is that in the handbook? You see, the big reason leaders love the handbook so much is that it gives them permission to lead in a certain way, and if a tactic or strategy is not clearly outlined in the handbook, we wonder if we have permission to carry out the idea. 
Again, handbooks are wonderful, but they are meant to give direction on policy and general vision and are not meant to be an all-inclusive leadership manual. With that said, I'd like to share with you eight permissions you should give yourself as a leader that will give you the confidence to lead at a higher level. Number one, permission to say, I don't know. As leaders, we want to be the person who knows all the answers. But at this point in life, you have probably discovered that we don't have the answers to everything or we haven't yet earned the knowledge to respond to all questions. As individuals approach their leaders with questions, they simply seek real answers. And many times that answer is, I don't know, or I need to study the topic further. Stating these phrases does not diminish your ability to lead, and in fact, it often increases your trust with the individuals who ask the question because they know their leader will talk to them straight. Number two, permission to say no. As I've mentioned before, I served as a bishop in an inner city ward that was extremely transient with a high welfare load. This resulted in many phone calls from random people who had reached the end of their rope and begged me to drop everything and come to their rescue with a rent check before being evicted evicted later that day. Of course, many times I did move to action and sought a way to help, but these phone calls became so regular that I realized I would be an ineffective leader if I didn't set boundaries, and the best way to set boundaries is to say no more often. Setting boundaries is one of the most difficult things you can do as a leader because we never dream of letting someone down or rejecting those we lead. However, the act of not setting boundaries is letting down many people, typically typically the most important people in your life. And so diminishing your leadership and diminishing and is diminishing your leadership influence. So when those urgent calls came, I would show as much empathy as possible and then explain to them my boundary of how and when welfare checks are issued. And if they can figure out a solution between now and then, I would be more than happy to consider assisting. If you are a leader who struggles with setting boundaries because you hate the idea of letting people down, I recommend you check out a past article I wrote called When the Bishop Doesn't Pay the Rent. Number three, permission to be a mediocre parent. Speaking of saying no, often as a leader, you will have to say no to the most important people in your life. Of course, in our culture, we hear quotes from great men like President David O. McKay, no worldly success can can compensate for failure in the home, which is true. However, it doesn't mean that you can't it doesn't mean that you can can cancel all meetings and responsibilities in your role as a leader because little Johnny would like you always to be home. I think back to being a young a very young boy and seeing my father come home from work and soon after that soon after that leave because he had responsibilities to attend to as a bishop. These memories don't cause me to think he was a bad father, rather they inspire me to be a better servant like he was. As a leader, you will have moments where the adver- adversary wants wants you to beat up on yourself for not being more present in your home because of your leadership role. I hope you feel permission to be away from home knowing that your time away is having a positive influence on your sweet family. In life, we experience different priorities in our relationships and responsibilities at any given time. You have permission to prioritize your time as you magnify your service to the Lord. 
An awesome explanation of this is given by Elder David A. Benar, which I linked to that talk. A great book to read on this topic is The Divine Center by Stephen Covey. Number four, permission to not please everyone. Here's the reality. As a bishop or Relief Society president, there will always be about 10 to 15% of your ward who doesn't like you, and a portion of that percentage will possibly despise you. When you realize this as a leader, it is easy to shift your focus to that 10 to 15% and strive to win them over so that they like you too. This is the beauty of a lay ministry. If some people struggle with their leader, they will get a new leader if they wait long enough. If you don't permit yourself to not please everyone, you run in circles trying to to please everyone, and suddenly your influence in the ward is hard to detect. Always offer love and support to every individual in your ward by committing to being the leader that sets a bold vision that 85-90% to of the ward can get excited about, and you will enjoy your time as a leader much more. A great interview on this topic is when the bishop is too nice. Number five, permission to cancel meetings. Confession. Sitting in meetings feels good. Counseling together feels like leadership, and many times it is. You get everyone in a room and hash out the details so that the progress can be made. However, I'm afraid we give too much credit to meetings. I remember one time during my term as bishop when an out-of-the-ordinary schedule of special state conferences and holidays caused us not to have a ward council meeting for several weeks, which felt wrong because ward council is where I felt good discussion and planning happened and helped the ward move forward. After several weeks of not meeting, I had a moment where I laughed to myself when nothing negative happened in the ward. Weekly worship still took place, auxiliary leaders made good decisions outside the walls of ward council, and nobody complained. You do probably have some great meetings, but permit yourself to cancel them faster than you're doing now. We all love making visits, so visit the widow who has been on your mind and let the consequences follow. Number six, permission to own the room. This is a tough permission to give yourself. We are encouraged to be humble, which is fantastic. However, in our attempt to be humble, we act modest, and nobody gets excited following a modest leader. People crave bold leadership, decisive leadership. That doesn't mean you mow people you mow people over. Uh, sorry, that doesn't mean you mow people down and do it your way. Of course, you humbly listen, counsel one with another, and then. But when the time to make a decision happens. Be bold. Own the keys which have been given or delegated to you. When you, lay, when you lay your hands on someone's head to pronounce a blessing, make it a bold one, not one that you can explain away later. Owning the room as a leader is a faithful approach and one full of humility because you aren't manifesting your greatness. You're manifesting the glory of, you, of our eternal leader and father. Number seven, permission to make decisions without clear revelation. Sometimes the pressure to make action is intense. Sometimes the, the pressure to take action is intense. We'd much rather God make the decision and have His Spirit tell us what to do. Thankfully, that happens a lot. However, as a leader, you will find the time for decision has arrived and the heavens haven't responded. The direction, the direction to take seems uncertain, but you can't ignore the moment. We must permit ourselves to make decisions without clear revelation because that's a key purpose of priesthood keys, to direct 
the work. Doctrine and Covenants section 128 verse 9 gives us clear permission to direct the work much as Nephi did in the book of, of Helaman. You want God to formulate revelation in heaven so that it can be... You want God to formulate revelation in heaven so that it can be revelation on earth. However, he has given you the authority to formulate revelation on earth so that it is a revelation in heaven. Make the decision. Number eight, permission to hug the sinner. In a role where you are constantly making judge in Israel decisions, signing temple recommends and, and interpreting worthiness, Ugh, let me try that again. In a role where you are constantly making judge in Israel decisions, signing temple recommends and in interpreting worthiness, it's easy to forget your role as a representative of, Jesus, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Some leaders intentionally avoid saying things like, I'm sorry you're going through this, to individuals who've committed serious transgression because the leader feels that people's, in, that people's individual choices and actions are what brought this on themselves. So why should a leader feel sorry? We turn, to our, we turn our bishop's office into principal's offices to do our job as a judge in Israel. When we realize even our own less serious sins still make us guilty of all sins, referencing James 2.10, we find it, it easier to offer sympathy and compassion to other sinners. When we permit ourselves to hug the sinner, we find the best path to redemption. There were times when Christ turned over the tables of the sinners in John 2, but most of the time he ate with them in Mark 2, or he stooped down to their level to show compassion in John 8. Rarely do sinners need a reminder that they sinned. They already know that. They often just need the reminder that they are still loved. You will find great peace in your leadership as you take every opportunity to hug the sinner to show empathy to those who make decisions they regret. You aren't condoning the sin. You are showing them the love they forgot was there. What would you add to this list? What permissions have helped you be a better leader?